Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Lita Merb. And usually this is where I would say, and we're going to talk about the week of fill in the blank. But mm. this is a, I don't know what you call it, a filler episode because I'm going on vacation and I don't want to do work on vacation. So this will come out in late January or so. Where are you going? I'm going to Seattle and Vancouver. That's cool. They're really, they're really near each other. Well, we're, I'm going to Seattle for... Mystery Science Theater. Of course you are. Which I know you're not a big fan of. But <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan that you like it so much. See, that's how nerds should get along. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like, yeah. I don't like the thing you don't like. Or... I'd probably like it a little less if I didn't know you. <laughs> I just remember going to, when it played at the Bytown, the movie. Okay. I was irritated by watching it in the theater. Right. And sometimes I watch bad movies. I just want to watch them. Right, right, right. But uh, I know I'm, I, everyone loves it. I don't know anyone else that doesn't like it. Just you. Just, well, I like yeah, that I, you don't like it because you got some free swag a while ago and I got a bunch of DVDs oh. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there's more things you can get along better in life. Yeah. The things you don't like. Like, I'm getting sick of my wife. <laughs> That's not true. Does she listen to the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're going to Seattle and then we're going up to Vancouver because my brother moved to Vancouver a few months ago for work. So we're going to kind of do a little West Coast trip and then nice. come back after that. So How are you getting from C- Seattle to Vancouver? We're going to train. <gasps> I'd love that. And you don't know this. We're going to stop halfway there at, I forget the name of the city, Washington, to the headquarters of Funko. Oh, crap. Yes. Yeah. So That's we'll bring amazing. an extra suitcase to bring you yes. back all of your Star Wars. I want the life-size Tauntaun, if you can bring that <laughs> yeah. back for me. But it's pretty neat. Yeah, so we'll get on a train in Seattle, whatever, Monday morning. And then hit this halfway point, get off the train, go to the store, go to the headquarters, have lunch, and then continue on to Seattle. I love that. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool. Huh? I don't know if I've ever been to Seattle. My wife used to go a lot when she worked a lot. She did a lot of work in Vancouver. I don't know if this is interesting for the people listening, but I'm excited for you going on a vacation. I'm excited that that mystery science fiction is a big part of your life. It's like if I hated Vancouver and Seattle. Well, it's kind of like how you've done these awesome star wars trips the last few years mm. and gwen and i have stumbled into these awesome mystery science theater trips ah. and it always instigated by her because about five or six years ago i was frustrated because they were doing a live event that a number of theaters were screening but cineplex wasn't carrying it so i contacted them and i said hey if cineplex isn't carrying it can we screen right. your your movie and they were very nice, and they essentially said Cineplex has a, what do you call it, like a right of first refusal. Right. So even though they weren't screening it, we could not screen it. And that was, and I was so mad, and Gwen went, we can just go to Minnesota. And I was like, oh, cool. So we went to Minnesota, <laughs> then a year later went to Nashville, and a year later went to Philadelphia, and wow. now we're going to Seattle. So in like there was a little bit of a jump there, but in like five years, we've gone to four different cities to see so you watch a movie and those three characters or four characters so there's like robot one human and a couple or more two main kind of muppet robots and it's it's they actually do have the movie playing and then them live silhouetted behind the screen and then they come out where there would usually be commercial breaks back in the day and do interaction with the crowd and do q a's and do little sketches so are they still doing new films yeah i mean they're old the last one they did was a Canadian film, uh, <gasps> The Brain. Remember yes, The Brain? So yes. they did that. They have a 35 millimeter print of that movie here in Ottawa. At the archives? Yeah. Because it's part of our culture. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Porky's, The Brain. So yeah, so yes. they, they did that. That sounds like one movie. Porky's, Porky's and the, the Brain. brain. <laughs> Porky's The Brain. 
So yeah, so that is why this will be a limbo episode. But we've done a couple of these before, and I just say, if you're listening to the podcast, you're savvy enough to go to the website and find out what we're playing. I hope so. So yeah, and we just talk about other things for half an hour, and we never have a shortage of things to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Well, I want to talk about, (laughs) can we talk about the Disney vault a little bit? Without being slanderous to anybody, just as a neutral, like... Uh, Yes. Because we are past the Disney vault. I laughed, and the crowd laughed. I'm glad they liked the joke. I introduced Die Hard a couple weeks ago, and I said, well, folks, this is the third year in the row that I'm here telling you this is your last chance to see Die Hard. Yes. But we... How many people do you think were there this last screening think to themselves, we'll never see it on the big screen again? A couple were in the know, but every year there's people who, and you know, I always say like, it's, what's the term? Like, you don't know how the thing is made. You don't know how the, the sausage is made. So I don't expect people to know all these ins and outs of cinema behind the scenes. But some people to this day are asking us like, why aren't you showing Star Wars? Why aren't you showing mm-hmm. Fantasia? Why aren't you showing, and that's why, because... Disney has this system of they don't let out their old movies to play. Now that they bought Fox, the threat is like we just booked. You just booked Rocky Horror. Jumping through rings of fire, it's crazy. Hoops of fire. It it was hard. Usually, usually this January, I booked my year's worth of dates. Like last January, I booked. I solidified not just one screening. But the whole year, and I try. I so I took forever to get the 18th. So we are showing it next Saturday, and I, I booked it with someone I've never talked to before at Disney. I, I've never met this person before. I've never talked. I'm like, okay, there's new people now involved. Were you actually on the phone with them or just email? No, I, it used to be with Fox. You had to call. You couldn't do email. And I love that. And I love Jean at Fox, and she called me recently just to say hello, even though she's out of a job. And Man. and I tried to tell her about things at Disney, and she goes, I don't care, Lee. I don't give a damn. I don't uh-huh. care. The Mayfair burns down. And she's joking, but it's nice hearing from her because everyone else is email. So yeah, Disney was email this time, and a new person I never dealt with before. But this is a scary thing. They gave me they, they gave us the eighteenth of January, but they won't give me they won't give me the whole year because I, I you know, they say, Oh, right now they're saying Rocky Horror is the exception to the rule. But right. I, I kinda just don't trust them. No. Not that I don't trust the people working in Canada. It's the head office, the big wigs. Yeah. That like what because of what happened to Sound of Music. Right. And that so that was the trigger. Our first hint at that was we have a group who comes in called Company of Fools, and they've had a number of very successful screenings, fundraisers for their theater troupe, and they screened Grease and, and Sound of Music and Mamma Mia. So they tried to screen Sound of Music again, and you were refused. They said at first, because the acquisition happened, Disney had finally gotten a hold of everything Fox, and they said originally, you can't show any Fox titles as family matinees. What do you mean? I can't promote it as a family matinee is that we'll just forget about matinees for any of those titles sound and music anytime you we can do an evening show lee but you can't do any matinees because disney wants to control how their matinees are handled I'm like okay and i went back to the company of fools and the company of fools is like okay fine we'll do like a six or seven just give us whatever we can get right and then disney said ah forget about it entirely not thinking about it some more. Man. I think I don't know why that triggered it. Maybe because someone wants to remake the Sound of Music, or, how, or it's going to do lovely on Disney Plus. But then, just like that, it was it was available one minute, and then when I replied, you know, within the hour, okay, now it's not available. I don't forget about Sound of Music; it's gone. And but I can't remember what the film was before that too. There was another film. They're like, no, forget about matinee. Isn't I that weird? If, I, they want to control the way they so matinees, the family films are promoted. And I don't know if it was here or some, it might have been somewhere else, but somebody told me 
the same thing happened with Home Alone, where somebody tried to book Home Alone for yeah. Christmas, might have been somewhere in Toronto, and they were told no. So there's these just little tiptoes of the hint that this yeah. is happening, and. Someone, to, to what avail right now? Because none of I, that stuff's on Disney Plus. The yeah. only thing on Disney Plus that's Fox is The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. And Everything else, it, maybe Avatar. Yeah. But, but it's such a weird. Other studios, kind of not. I was going to say to be fair, but to be more confused, other studios do this as well. But usually, just kind of in these weird little hiccups. Mm-hmm. Where a couple months ago, I really wanted to screen Tim Burton's Batman for its 30th birthday and Batman's 80th birthday, mm-hmm. and you said. No, they won't let it out. And I'm like, but it's Batman's 80th birthday. <laughs> I, they got every studio has a. It's it's hard to keep up with because every studio has a different little weird thing about their booking, especially older titles. I remember the first time I tried to get my head around it is when we took over about 11 years ago. I tried to do a James Bond festival. Uh, we used to do it in January. Yeah, and we'd show like maybe eight between eight and ten. You know, five, maybe four or five double bills of James Bond films, all on 35 millimeter back then. And then MGM told me once, no, you can't do one now. I'm like, why? He's like, well, we're making a new James Bond movie. I don't understand. Why does that prevent us from showing a new? They tried to explain that. Well, because it, we're making a new Bond movie and there's a new one coming out. And uh, if you're going to make money on our older titles, we feel like we deserve more than just terms we've agreed to. Yeah. So from now on, if we're making a sequel to any of our original titles, forget about it. Can't have it. So now, you know, there's a joke. They're, they're filming Batman right now. Right. And they were probably in pre-production when we asked. So, you know, for some reason, Warner Brothers wouldn't let go of the original Batman movie or any of them. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Is it like, imagine it from, Andrew just walked in, he was working. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine it from like a bookstore point of view, that if the new chapter of, like Stephen King did this series called The Dark Tower. So imagine if when Dark Tower 5 was coming out, the bookstores went, we're pulling Dark Tower 1 through 4. They don't do that. They reprint the old ones. They, it's, right. it's it's a strange right. business model to wrap your head around. I know. As, I, I always think about it like you know, I wrap my head around the outhouse model. You know, you're sitting in an outhouse <laughs> and you're looking for the toilet paper. Well, you can't use toilet paper because the district managers using toilet paper right, right now. Yeah. You're just gonna have to go home dirty. Sorry. And especially at least <laughs> just trying to make. And Andrew gets here, I feel like I have to make silly you comments. Got, yeah. <laughs> I told you guys to get that out of your system before we hit record. If you're gonna make money on outhouses, <laughs> but like at least in the days of film, there might have been an excuse of, oh, we only have a couple film prints, or we don't have yes, to resort. That makes but, that would make sense. But now in this age of digital, when it's so mm-hmm. easy, and when we've gotten so many cool especially like weird little cult movies that have been restored. And it's easy, it seems. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I, even, I haven't talked to you about it oh yet. Oh, my God. But there's a, there's a um, there Well, every year, this time of year, we find out about all the re-releases coming out. So I don't know if you know the Russian war film, Come and See. I do not. It's oh. one of the best films ever made. It's an incredible World War II movie. Anyway, that's getting a nice 4K restoration, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping we can have it maybe in April. And, oh, holy shit. El Topo, Holy Mountain. Oh, yeah. They're oh, getting yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. And his new cell will be premiering the new Jodorowsky documentary. And cool. then showing, leading up to that, the new restoration of El Topo and Holy Mountain. And I've seen footage from it, and it looks like, 
it's never looked this nice. I've seen both those movies here back in the mm-hmm. day when I was in high school on 35. But these movies, the way movies, the older movies are being restored now, which is yeah. going back to the negative, this is the best time to be collecting home video. No one's collecting home video. It's going to be gone soon. Like, I love having a DVD, of an old, Blu-ray of an old movie restored. Anyway, so El Topo, Holy Mountain, come and see. Yeah, those, those are really exciting ones. And then the Godzilla movies too, probably. Just move it a bit closer to yourself there. So when you talk, we can hear you good. Cool. Are you going to cut that part out? Maybe. Sometimes <laughs> I do, sometimes I don't. I'll just leave it. Sometimes you just put in the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know? Yes, I like that. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I come and see. Wait, I, hope, I hope you come see. Come and see. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Come and see. I come might take see. my son. But it's really, it's, it's something else. I forget what it was. This was years ago when we got the DCP. One of the first things I saw, if not the first, was Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yes. And we had screened that on film. And I remember at the time being a little bit, you know, like a traditionalist and being like, oh, it's the end of an era or whatever. And of all the movies to see first, I see Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And I remember Gwen and I watching it, and it was so beautiful. Like, it was the best print of Santa Claus I've ever seen. And at that point, I was like, everything's going to be okay. And then on the heels of that, uh, we got a bunch of more weird old things. And I was just like, this is not the death of cinema. This is just another opportunity to help little studios get their stuff to us easier. I swear to God, I have better porno on blu-ray <laughs> than star wars like i love star wars obviously but the blu-rays the big studio movies that come out they don't care they just dump they, right. they're dump, dumping out these movies and uh they're not going back to the original negative and cleaning everything up and making it i feel like when i'm watching some older movies restored by the pe- people at vinegar syndrome or um, Arrow, Agfa, Agfa. Oh, Agfa. Yeah, oh, I, I feel like Agfa. I'm watching a 35 millimeter print in my basement. Right, and and like, I I really mean that. Like, like, what was the what was the the porno we watched together? Oh. <laughs> liquid assets. Yeah, liquid assets. <laughs> it looks so it looked good. good. It was so beautiful. I'm like, it's I wish terrible. I it... wish Star Wars looked this good. <laughs> and they chaptered this this company, and then then they don't need. They don't only do porno, but they do lots of things. They every time they do a movie, it's it's lovely to watch because of the the care they put they put in the Criterion care into some of these movies. But they chapter stops are really fun because they're reels. So okay. it's real one, two, three, four, five. It's not you know chaptered randomly, which I really like. They have flipping through reels. Well, everything, every single thing that we have screened from Agfa is just treasure is just an yeah. amazing thing to see dangerous man dangerous man has a better blu-ray than star wars <laughs> or roar i love roar yes. roar yeah it makes it easier for and even like we booked a couple of kind of mainstream christmas movies this year and i thought the crazy thing was the dcp was actually a like mixtape and i forget what it was but say it was That's like right. christmas vacation also had gremlins on it also had Miracle on 34th. Like, it had three movies, I think, on it. Yeah, those are the same files they're using for the Blu-ray. They're nothing yeah, special yeah, yeah. at all. That's why they can dump the small files. There's so many movies under one DCP. Yeah. The whole DCP should be the movie. One movie right. looking the best it can look. But the studio doesn't care about the old movies. Like, the, the, the reason why Disney took so long to get back to me about booking a date for... for Rocky uh, Horror. Rocky Horror. I, I just picture them counting their money for Star Wars. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, counting their Star Wars money. And then it's like, oh, Rocky Horror, who cares? It's like older than a year. Well, I... I had Keep somebody <laughs> say, with no logic to it, saying, like, you should sue them because they're taking away your business. And I was like, well, it's theirs. Like, they're not breaking any rules. Like, it's. I wish they weren't doing this, but 
It's and it is just a theatrical thing. Right? Yeah, it's just you can watch Sound of Music anytime you want at home. If, yeah, if you have the DVD or Blu-ray, might not be on TV as much as you like. It's not going to look as good as Liquid Assets. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's sure not. Theatrically, it, yeah, seeing in the theater. It, that's what I don't like. It's like yeah. they're controlling the way we watch movies. And it's I tell turning people, into THX eleven thirty eight. <laughs> like not to panic because if you just look at our schedule, we're showing so many new films, interesting films foreign films that are drawing an audience. So the audience is still coming to the movies. Mm-hmm. So if for some reason Disney just goes, you can't have anything, it's like, okay, well, we still got Uncut Gems and Parasite. You know, we still... Parasite. Parasite's, ne- Parasite's think- our new Rocky Horror. It's never going to go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And it won the Golden Globe. And Parasite's a, is a rare gem because it's, it's like, it's a movie for us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an extreme, yeah. you know, it's got some... But mystery. everyone's coming to see it. It's like if Takeshi Miike made audition today <laughs> big head oh, did you see this, this lovely new film called audition auditions oh it's so romantic <laughs> and if he was like on the tonight show and yeah because like they're they're publicizing this movie american mainstream and that's getting a series now they're what? turning into an hbo series which is really dumb i had a feeling they were going to do something like they were going to do an american is it an american version I th- probably yeah yeah I, I had a f- i'm watching this i'm like this is so big that they're going to do an american remake right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the new MASH. Yeah. Well, remember when we, God, was this 10 years ago? But we screened Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. And by the time we had screened it, the remake was already almost done. Like, right. so within six months or so. And then we screened the remake. It seemed like less than a year after the first one. So it doesn't surprise me. That's kind of the Hollywood rule. If something's big elsewhere, they're going to remake it as fast as they can because Americans don't like reading subtitles. John Woo's filming. He's directing the remake of The Killer right now. He's oh, remaking yeah. The Killer himself, starring um, Lupito Yolonga, y- y- Yongo, Masconada, Masconada, is in it. I've seen those eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. so. She's playing. I, I, Masconada. I think she's the killer. I think she's the Channing Fat character. I don't think she's the blind girl. Yeah, they were trying to remake that for years. Like Walter yep. Walter Hill was going to do it with like Denzel Washington or something. I, I heard so many. The like Richard Gere. I, so much bullshit about who was going to remake and how terrible it was going to be. Thank God John Woo's doing it himself. Although, you know, John Woo's a lot older. And- I thought that was something actually happening, but it's the movie. It, if listeners can hear a weird huh? car horn honk. Oh, that's, okay. That's just, I totally thought that was something happening outside. Just the movie. I heard that, was, that the other day, and I thought it was outside because there's usually a lot of honking outside. That was my pacemaker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that a Mimi Leader movie, Pacemaker, with George Clooney? That's the Peacemaker. Oh. <laughs> Peacemaker. <laughs> I did it again. Same thing. So what else are we going to talk about? Uh, <laughs> what do you think about the rumor of a Jaws remake? Oh, I saw... Well, I don't believe anything... Well, they were going to remake it. I remember hearing about this. The first time I heard about it... Remember Psycho? The remake of Psycho? Yeah. Gus Van Sant did a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. And I remember at Universal was a thing. If this movie's a hit, we're going to do Jaws next. We're going to greenlight Jaws. And thankfully, Psycho was a big flop at the box office and Jaws never happened. So I'll believe it when I see it. I think there's what I don't want. I don't want to see a remake of Jaws. I want to see Jaws 5. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see a straight to video release of Jaws 5, a Jason Statham, Jason (laughs) Mature. Yeah. (laughs) What I always laugh about, though, is, and this is nothing new, people get so worked up and so fretful and so angry about a remake or a sequel. And I'm just like, you know, you don't have to go see it, right? Yeah. Like, and there's hundreds of movies made every year that you don't see. Just add that to the list. And it's not going to ruin the old thing. And what if by some one in a million fluke chance, like 
the thing or the fly, it ends up being good, you know? So I don't know. It's just people get so angry about it. It's just like, it's just, just full a, of dollars. Yeah. It's There's a, all kinds of movies that are remakes that are like, I liked uh, Seven Magnificent Seven. The Coen Brothers True Grit, I really liked, even better than the first one, I think, maybe. When people get so angry about it, I just like, just don't go see yeah. it. It's fine. I don't like black licorice. So I'm don't, not going to go yeah. buy it at the store. But I guess the only thing is I hate, I do get bothered. Yeah. Talking about when I, I love Dawn of the Dead, the Romero film. Yes. And I hate having to prefix it by saying yeah, the Romero yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, the, the original. <laughs> yeah. Maniac or whatever. I like both Maniacs, actually. But, you know, so I, I hate. But oh, you yeah, have to do more... that with Dawn of the Dead for some reason. Cause, yeah, yeah, because people like the remake for some reason. Or Even... they've seen the remake and they don't know it's a remake. They don't know that. Well, I don't know. It doesn't. There's no motorcycle gang. It's hard to tell. <laughs> there's no motorcycle gang. The remake of the Dawn of the Dead. It's like all the remake, good things. It's like remaking Porky's and leaving the boobies out. <laughs> Are you allowed to go back to Pittsburgh to the mall, or have you been blacklisted from your uh, crime of <laughs> stealing? I've been back since. Okay, I, I've been back since, but I keep my hands in my pockets. I stole a bunch of signs from the Roseville Mall. Thought it'd be fun. It was mother. It was Mother's Day or Father's Day. It's it was, my favorite story that you got caught. <laughs> it was Mother's Day. It was the day after Mother's Day, so I stole a bunch of Mother's Day signs yeah. that said Monroeville Mall, and I'm like, "Oh, my friends would really like this. I'll give them those presents when I get back." And then they they called me. He's like, "If you don't return those, we're going to prosecute you." I can't believe they and, tracked you down. <laughs> because on Facebook, I posted something oh, of me in man. the mall, and then someone said, "That's him. That's the guy." And see, it's funny. I, I FedExed him. I, Phil made me worry because Phil said, "Lee, you're not going to be able to cross the border." They're going to. I'm like, "What?" So I FedExed all the posts back to them, and then amazing. I get a nice thank you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that but reminds me. Every not often, but every once in a while. It happened recently where I was just, I was up in the projection booth, you know, doing something and coming back down and the movie was playing and it was some classic movie, like it was Wizard of Oz or something. And there was a woman, like a grown up with her camera up videoing uh. the screen. And I just kind of get taken aback for a second. And I lean over and I go, excuse me, you can't record the movie. And she said something like, oh, well, I just wanted to, I'm like, no, it's not allowed. And if, when you put that on social media and tag us in it, we'd get in trouble. But people don't put two and two together. They just think, oh, I'm just saying that I'm at the Mayfair today. It's like, no, don't record the screen. Yeah. I, I think people, they look at movies and they don't think that, you know, someone's making a living. Or, or you know, the, we, you know, like this guy wants. There's a guy who wants to do a Nicolas Cage film festival. Yes, we talked I, about him I, last time. <laughs> I think he just. I just. I think he just thinks, well, we're going to show the movie, so it's not going to cost anything. We have to pay the rights holder, and yeah. that's where the money comes in. I want to. We have security cameras around the cinema. Yeah. I want to point one at the can, at the, the screen so I can sit at home and watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I'm joking. I would have rather, obviously, come to the, the communal aspects and come to the theaters. Yeah. I I rarely see movies. As many pornos I watch with, with <laughs> Andrew at home, I rarely do watch movies at home anymore. I'm always in the cinema. I'm always at a different theater, which is nice. It was nice over Christmas. You know, I went to see Star Wars seven times. Oh, my God. And I was always doing Lego with my son. So other movies went to the wayside. So it was nice when Christmas is over. I've just this whole week, every night, been seeing something different and new in the theater. I went to see um, Bombshell. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Ashley Green's in it. Who was in oh. Summer's Moon? I directed her in her a film. She um, she starred in my film called Summer's Moon. She was in the, the Twilight movies, and there she was in Bombshell. Had she had in a scene with uh, Charlize Theron? Was she wearing a Mayfair shirt? Yes, yes. <laughs> she was juggling Mayfair balls, wearing Mayfair shirt. Do we have Mayfair balls? 
We could make them. Not yet. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> juggling balls. Mayfair Theater juggling balls for all your juggling needs. I feel like we were talking about something else. Something uh, actually of interest. But, but before, yeah, what were we talking about? Going into the theater and then, oh. Uh, Piracy. No, no. Okay. I, was, I told a story and then you said, oh, it's like a guy, someone videotaping the... Well, remember oh, the yeah. Security cameras? Huh? No, before the security... Anyway, there's a lost conversation. Everyone at home is listening going, oh, No, now wait, we'll never wait, know the end of that this. story. It's not a two-way microphone. Now it's gone forever. Imagine if you went... I know this is a slim chance, but imagine if you went to a Star Wars movie and you had your five, six tickets ready to go for the next two days... And you hated it, and it was just awful. <laughs> like I know that's a well, that's chance. A, that's what my that's what. Okay, so uh, I've been married uh, since two thousand, but mm-hmm. I've known my wife since high school. Yeah, and I remember in ninety nine, the Phantom Menace was about to come out, and I was so excited. Yeah, and uh, her mom said to me. Lee, what if it what if it's no good? And I looked at her. I'm like, <laughs> what? It never even crossed my mind. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Have you, have you seen the trailer? It's so it looks so great. Yeah. And I went to see it over and over and again until you know. And then I remember two weeks in, people were like, no, no, it sucks. George Jar sucks. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, I thought everyone liked it up until this one moment. And Eric and I just <laughs> mentioned this recently, where it's like, I don't think I can be trusted anymore because I said it's like my friends who have kids Mm -hmm. they always talk about how annoying their kids are and how they wish they could go and do things without their kids but they love their kids and i think for something i love like star wars it's like that like i just love star wars so i can't critique it i can't see the plot holes i just love it you know but i know i but i i i know what you're saying and i do like it for that reason i like all for the nostalgic reason but first and foremost i like it because i like the quality of filmmaking i like the way it's made there's things about it and no one's talking about the things they like about the movie all people can talk about even the people who like the movie talk about what they hate about the movie yeah but can we put there do a shout out to the tent of four yeah that's a real (laughs) set they built that's a prop that's the largest prop set ever made in movies it's like when i watch the rise of skywalker and i've seen it seven times to me it's like what what it's, it's it feels like when i'm watching cleopatra if you ever watch cleopatra and go oh my god look at these sets i uh, always think that too i always just go like man making movies is hard <laughs> <laughs> like i just but like the tent of four like it's it's so massive and 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 they they use it a lot it's always in the background there's some there's actors climbing it it's it's so impressive, and then there's a lot of really nice camera movement, the the um, the, the the blocking with actors and the camera. You know when they go up to the sh- the, the the star destroyer, uh, Ray, Finn, Poe, and Chewie. Yeah, and they're running around and they're shooting stone troopers. There's just a, a really nice dance. There's three shots. I remember. When The Force Awakens came out, I went to see it again and again with my son. I said, Max, do you remember the scene where Finn, is, he, he, Ray, is taken away by Kylo Ren? And he's like, Ray, and he runs. And then the, the First Order comes, not the First Order, the Resistance comes in to save the day. Yeah. And there's a shot of Finn just running on the, on the beach. He's running in the background. Poe's ship is flying around. And you don't, Finn doesn't know it's Poe, but we know it's Poe. It's a long take of him running, the ship going up. The camera pans up to nothing, right? Because yeah. it's a special effect. And then back down to Finn. It's a really nice long camera move. And and it ends with Finn saying, that's one hell of a pilot. Yeah. I love that. I always said to Max, watch what the camera does. Think about how fun that would that dance would have been fun to do with the actors. And then Poe was saying there's a few more of those in this new one. So there's three in a row in the, on that Star Destroyer where the camera is like going in and around the actors. I watch a lot of movies. I don't see that a lot. And, and I love noticing... It reminds me of a good kung fu movie, like Sammo Hung or Corey Yoon would have his camera dance around the actors. There's a scene where 
Poe slides the gun to Chewie. And yeah. It slides across the floor and the camera falls. And, the, and Chewie grabs it and then the camera moves around. It's beautiful. Yeah. And no one talks about no, it. No, I always say, like, compare them to the average other Hollywood big summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And they they care about filmmaking more. They, yeah, they like movies yeah. more, and they're trying. Yeah, and and but everyone throws it all all out the window because because well, Rose, I don't think they they take all that for granted, or they don't really pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just like I just would like to hear someone sing. But what's actually good about it? Well, it's like the Irish. Oh, the Irishman's too long. That's all. Yeah. People, all people talk about. Everyone is, liked the Irishman until it came out on Netflix. Ha, yeah. <laughs> when I saw it in the theater and when it played here, everyone loved it. And then now it's on Netflix. Everyone else is seeing it. You know, the unwashed. <laughs> and now well, it's they, too they long. watch it over a week. Yeah, I could go on and then the music and the special effects and it's anyway. No one, no one. Anyway, I've, I always say that I think I'm getting turning into an old man. But people just go on and on about the, the negative negative stuff. But they don't. Yeah, like, I no just, one gushes about things they like about movies anymore. Yeah, or restaurants or I like movies. Yeah, uh, brothels. You know, people <laughs> just complain. <laughs> You're gonna be in trouble if Cheryl starts listening to the podcast. <laughs> I just really like the perfume she was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make light. Okay, see, situation. so we just talked for half an hour about nothing. It's easy. It's easy oh. to do a podcast. So what? Late January, February, do we have anything we can plug really quickly that we know about coming up? I'm going to plug the death of Buck Henry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Buck Henry wrote The Graduate. Maybe we should show Catch-22 or something. I love that film. And there not there a... Was yes, that, yes, there's I, a series, yeah. Yeah, was with that, George Clooney. It, I, why didn't I watch that? That looked like it was going to be good. Was it good? I don't know. I, I just know it exists. Mm. Anyway, what did we want to plug? Well, no. <laughs> have you well, seen this To Die For? To Die For? To uh, Gus Van Sant movie. Oh, is it? He new? wrote that movie. Oh, right, and yes. he's in it, and that—that's yes. a really good movie. Yes, yeah. He, remember, he pitches in the player. He, he's yeah, in the, the Graduate Part Two. The graduate Part Two, and he tells all the actors that are still alive. I did when I was a kid. I did the absent-minded waiter uh, at school. It was a play. It was a short film that won the Oscar, and it starred. It was Buck Henry and Terry Garr go to a restaurant together, and Steve Martin is the absent-minded waiter. And he keeps taking their order, and he and he never remembers them. He keeps having to come back. Can I get you something? And they never get their food. She's complaining all the time. And Buckingham's just just wait, just wait. And um, it's 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 a short film. And at the end, he gives them change. And they didn't pay. And uh, anyway, it's a really fun. It must be on YouTube. The Absent-Minded Waiter with Steve Martin, Buck Henry Rudd, and Terry Garr, and it won the Oscar. It was Steve Martin's first film. Cool. Yeah. When I think of Buck Henry, I think of that. And 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 I did that for high school. Uh, I played the Absent-Minded Waiter, and and, and uh, it was the last time I ever performed and charged tickets for it. I didn't charge tickets. You didn't win an award, and you were like, "I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> I felt sad though when he. Died. I always liked seeing him in movies, and um, thought he was funny and clever. And handsome, just like I find all those those all my favorite things about you, Josh. Oh yeah, and but I'm you, just, you smell funny though. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. So February, we do have the Oscars on February 9th. Mm. We have Dragnet Girl coming up oh, yes. later in February, silent film with live music, and we have upcoming at the end of January, Color Out of Time, the new Nick Cage movie right. from long That's lost exciting. filmmaker Richard Stanley. I'm excited for Golden Glove. Are you going to watch that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, we, yeah. yeah, Golden, which we slapped warnings all over because yeah, it's I hope so. super <laughs> offensive. It's yeah, gonna, yeah, but it's 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 really particularly well made, and uh, we're going to probably do a Godzilla f- uh, festival. I'm mini very festival excited. This, I'm very this excited spring. by that. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting, and like I said, come to Daddy with yes, Elijah. come to Daddy oh. with Elijah Wood and Steve McKenna. He juggles me for balls. 
I've given his. <laughs> he has made for juggling balls. I've seen him use them in movies. Yeah, those are all very exciting. There's always it's always cool. it's always cool stuff. Always cool stuff. Yeah. So we'll wrap this up. Um, my mind went blank. Your mind went blank. Like, <laughs> are we showing the new Wonder Woman movie? <laughs> <laughs> Go visit our friends at House of Targ across the street for all your pierogi and pinball needs. You can find our listings at MayfairTheater.ca, and we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, like, see the ho- restorations what, what? of Holy Mountain, El Topo. The new Jodorowsky documentary, which the title for, to me right now is escaping me, and then if we, we show "Come and See," don't you know? Don't miss that. Come see "Rise of Skywalker" around March break or so. Yes, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> always right. something 2D, good to see in two D, in glorious two D. That was the best screening. Oh, I didn't tell you about the worst movie going experience I've ever had. The fifth time I saw them. Okay, the, can I do I have time? Yeah, quick. The, the fifth time I saw the Rise of Skywalker was the worst movie going experience I've ever had because I saw it in four DX. And, and my, Max uh-huh. and I, Max is like, let's go see it. And there are like, these big chairs that move, which is very, I guess, similar to D Box, but this is way more extreme than D Box. It felt like I was gone to Star Tours, but they had fans on the ceiling. So during the movie, it was blowing. It was like being in an air tunnel, and it was raining and snowing, and there was lightning, so crazy. and there was smell. They had some fragrance in the air. It was awful. And every time there was a laser blast, you got a strobe light in your face and on the screen. <laughs> and every time lightsabers hit each other, you got the same thing. Yeah. So the, that lightsaber fight between Kylo Ren and, and you couldn't see anything on the screen because there was so much strobe effects happening. I would have left after five minutes if it wasn't Star Wars. The woman threw up in the theater. Wow. I was so sweating I couldn't sit back because my back was covered in sweat my son was just laughing because <laughs> this is ridiculous if the camera dollied the chair would have to try to move and mimic the it's so it's not like J.J. Abrams sat down with 4DX people no, and said this random. is where the cues it's so yeah. random terrible it, it was like fumes and, and, and well I, after Wookie. the girl threw up you couldn't smell anything <laughs> oh, else horrible <laughs> it was awful I went home I had to go home and sleep for two hours like, I, I, I shouldn't I said Max I shouldn't be driving right now but I need to get to bed I almost lost my lunch it valuable was, lesson learned only come to the Mayfair to see 2D movies I, I couldn't wait to see it again in six in the sixth time just to sit there and go movie movie <laughs> okay thanks everybody we'll see you soon at the Mayfair bye thanks for having me You're welcome. Every year, Hollywood makes hundreds of movies. This is one of them. Gramercy Pictures invites you to the first big screen adventure of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You hit something! You killed the Hubble! At last, the crew aboard the Satellite of Love can tell jokes without a censor. I'm a naughty boy! Naughty, naughty! And boldly go where no man or robot has gone before. Hey, I'm experiencing a sensation altogether new to me, and frankly, I love it. Watch the gang from Mystery Science Theater as they watch the science fiction classic, This Island, Earth. Captain's log, I've lost my toupee and girdle and I can't leave my room. The supreme excitement of our time. Yes, very nice. Yes. See sights never before dreamed by man. Why'd they put the toilet in the middle of the room? Where captive Earth people fight for their lives. Oh, I'm very vulnerable there. Oh, there go the piano lessons. Two and a half years in the making. Oh, no, Tinkerbell's going down. Pull up, Tinkerbell. Oh, no. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Hey, Baywatch is on. All right, let's get out of here, you guys.